Hello church family. This is part two in our study through Exodus chapter 12 this week. Uh, on Monday we learned about how the Passover was um, it, it was promised and even uh, what the implications are if they uh, trust in the Lord's word. Uh, we know this, we're familiar with this because we know, we know the story from like, you know, pop culture or just reading through the Bible about the Passover and how it's, it's designed to show God's power that he has control over uh, life and death and um, he has control over the elements as we see, as we saw just through all the nine plagues before is like each of the gods were being attacked. Um, and now it's, this is the last kind of like straw and the last thing that the, the, last way in which God demonstrates his power that he has control over uh, life and death um, and it was he gives a warning he gives a warning to those uh, who who hears God's word about what he what they need to do in order to survive this this is God's way to demonstrate his power to humble the Egyptians because the Egyptians were trusting their pagan gods and they're filled with pride but yet there were still some people that did repent as we'll look at later on so that was the promise of the final plague when there was also the preparation all of the things that uh, Israel needed to do in order to um, to escape the uh, the Passover of the uh, Lord um, or the, the angel of the Lord to pass over them uh, was it was given to them and that we talked about how this was really the first instance where Moses and Aaron are given some sort of priestly task um, that's will be a recurring thing even after the Exodus um, I mentioned on Monday that the, it, when they go into the wilderness, there are going to be some supernatural aspects. But after Moses and Aaron dies, there aren't going to be that many anymore. You know, as time progresses, they have to cling to God's word and remember the supernatural events that happened here, because those things are going to go away. Um, and God said that this is designed for people to remember what happened in the past, so that they can uh, see and worship this true God. Actually, that's how um, verse uh, chapter 12, verse 27 ended, at the, and the people bowed low and worshipped. Now, as we get to the second point for today, is we're going to see the power of the final plague. The, f the power of the final plague, verse 29 to 42. Now it came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. I don't know if you ever watched that movie, Prince of Egypt, but in this particular scene in that movie, there was like a little spirit that kind of goes through all of Egypt, and uh, it goes through each house, and then, like some of them you see go in, and it leaves, and it goes in, and it leaves. This verse actually says that that's not the case. In fact, uh, when this happened, it happened instantaneously and all at once. It wasn't like, like it, was just, it wasn't like a sweep that went through all of Egypt. It just suddenly happened to each and every single one. And you have to understand that during this time, you know, there were no, there, there were Egyptians that heard about it, but they still didn't believe. So there were probably some uh, Egyptians that were like watching their kids or watching their firstborn or their, first, or their cattle. Um, and then it then the happens that they were all struck dead. Uh, verse 30, Pharaoh arose in the night, he and all his servants and all Egyptians, and, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there were no one home where there was not a, uh, someone dead. This again, shows us something very interesting, that even though all Egyptians saw uh, the plagues before, and even some seemingly have some momentary repentance, uh, it seemed like at the, at the very last plague, where it matters the most, uh, they chose not to uh, listen to the Lord here. 
And again, this is not, don't think of this as, as like, oh, like God is being unfair here. God has given them warning after warning after warning. Uh, the Egyptians know at this point, after nine huge uh, like class, uh, these huge um, cataclysmic events, that Yahweh is the one true God, and they still chose to ignore his word. And the result of that is that there was a great cry that all these kids died, all the firstborn cattle died, all the firstborn are gone. And this word great cry is the, is the exact same word that was used to describe the, the Israelites when they uh, were, when their kids, when the Israelite lost all of their firstborn. <clears throat> this isn't necessarily a kind of retribution for like, okay, you're going to get punished for uh, the thing that you've done in the past, but this is really a divine judgment. God warned them over and over again, and they chose not to submit to him. And the result of that is that everyone died. Or not everyone, all the firstborn died. Verse 31, then he called for Moses and Aaron at night and said, Rise up, get out and uh, from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel, and go worship the Lord as you have at, as you have said. Now this verse is often people you use like, oh, it's a contradiction, because in earlier uh, Aaron's uh, Moses said that he'll never see Pharaoh ever again. Um, and that's true. And the reason why that this is word here called, in the NASB it translates as called, but in the original it's this idea of summoning, like meaning like, and the, we think of summoning as a definition of like getting someone to him and bring him to the before him and talk. And that's that's one definition. But the actual an, another definition of this is that he sent someone. It's like he he summoned someone to go and tell Moses and Aaron these things. So in that sense, this is this actually is not a contradiction, uh, but rather just the the way that we use the English language is different from the way that the Hebrew initially uh, used it in the, in the meaning. Verse thirty-two: Take both your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and go <clears throat> and bless me also. Again, Pharaoh saying that there's some part of Pharaoh that thinks that if he just if Moses just blesses him, then maybe they could bring back the the kid that they lost. Um, just like how in the past, uh, all the plagues that happened, it, it ceased the moment um, you know Moses was able to offer some sort of prayer. And I think that's what's going on here. The Pharaoh really wants this to end, uh, but he little does he know this is some, this is going to be some permanent thing that happens. And there's no undoing this as opposed to some of the other plagues. Verse 33, the Egyptians urged the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we will all be dead. Yeah, this sounds familiar, right? This is early on when, um, when it's people in the Pharaoh's court were, were scared, and, um, and they said, is, 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 is the Pharaoh going to be the reason why we're all going to die? And uh, now all the Egyptians, they, they, are, they are urged, and they want to help the Israelites leave, and after... In 430 or 430 years, uh, they want them to go. And you have to understand, um, if you were in a land for that long, telling someone to leave is not an easy thing to do. And now these Egyptians are telling the Israelites the home that they've known for so long to just leave. Wherever you want to go, whoever you want to worship, just leave this place. Otherwise, we'll all end up being, or the Egyptians are all going to end up being killed. So they gave them everything that they wanted, everything that they needed, like gold and silver and everything, all the valuables. They did it just so that they could, their lives can be spared. Verse 34, so the people took the dough before it was leavened with the kneaded bowls uh, bound up in the clothes on their shoulders. Uh, now the sons of Israel had done according to the words of Moses, for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of Egyptians so that they let them they they let them have their requests, thus they plundered the Egyptians. So not only did they lose everything, 
the Egyptians lost everything in the firstborn, but they even lost their valuables. And this was again a fulfillment hundreds of years ago. Remember, remember I mentioned about Genesis 15. This is what's going to happen. That uh, God told Abraham, your, your, your descendants are going to be in this foreign land and then they're going to plunder them. And then uh, Moses said the same thing, or God said, told Moses the same thing that's going to happen early on in the book in Exodus uh, chapter 3. And now it's being fulfilled. And this is often a small kind of miracle that we often overlook, that God used all the supernatural events to fulfill this one prophecy here. And this is immediate in terms of like when they said it and when it happened. Again, we should see this and see the power of our God in, in all the little details that, uh, that are in uh, that that are there in history that God is that God knows what He's doing <clears throat> and everything that He does <clears throat> will come to pass. Verse thirty-seven. Now the sons of Israel journey from Ramses to Sukkoth, about six hundred thousand men on foot, uh, aside from children. So there's probably more, about more than like a million. Some people say it's like about two million, one point five million, whatever. It's a lot of people that left. And it was and what's interesting is actually the next verse, verse thirty-eight. A mixed multitude also went with them along with their along with flocks and herds a very large number of livestock again i've said before that you know there are people that repented some of the egyptians uh might have been in this mixed group but there are also other um ethnic groups that was also part of egypt and they saw the folly of these egyptian gods and they knew that yahweh's one true god and they came and they and they left with them uh, they devoted themselves to yahweh and they're part of the uh, really, they're grafted into the uh, the nation of Israel in that sense. They're believers of Yahweh, and they left with them. And again, that's something we don't think about. We think it's only the uh, ethnic Jews that left. But no, there were other people that were not from that line that saw who the one true God is and left with them. Again, I've been saying this in some of the other podcasts before, that God is not racist. Uh, he, he chooses the, the, the thing that matters to him most isn't so much like an ethnic issue, but rather it's a worship issue. Uh, he wants a, a group of people. He starts with the Jews, and it's supposed to branch out to other the whole world. And everyone is supposed to be, everyone have access to the Lord in that way. Um, just because you're a Gentile doesn't mean you're uh, that there's no hope for you. It's just that the only hope that you have is understanding uh, who the the God of the Old Testament is and the Jewish and, the, and through the Jewish teachings. Um, but the God has always given an opportunity for everyone to come to saving faith, and we see that here that there are a mixed multitude of individuals that left Egypt. Verse thirty nine. They baked the dough which they had uh, brought out of Egypt, out of Egypt into cakes of unleavened bread, for it had not become leavened since they were driven out of Egypt and could not delay, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. So these, you know, remember I said on Monday that the, the, the Passover was a very quick meal, so they didn't really have a chance to prepare any bread. And again, the Lord will provide for them, uh, as we will see, but they, they, you know, they didn't have any material that they need to in terms of eat for like food. Verse 40, now the time that the sons of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. And at the end of 430 years, to the very day, all the hosts of the, of, of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Again, this is so showing the power of the final plague and how the Lord is using, the Lord has said this will happen exactly the way it is. Um, everything from the, the, the small things like the jewelry um, to the fact that the, this final plague happening and even them wanting uh, the Israelites to leave. All of these things were uh, said earlier in the book by the Lord and it happened exactly like that. And this should be encouragement for us. When we look at scripture, especially the, uh, the passages that have, you know, the promises and the prophecies that has yet to come, we have to understand that it is going to happen. It took 
God, not really took God, but you know, God used sovereignly allowed 430 years for the Egyptians to basically enslave the Israelites. And after 430 years, that's when he fulfills it. It may seem like a long time for us, but understand that the Lord doesn't think about time that we do. And it, and oftentimes the reason why he chooses to do certain things that when he wants is because it's in, it coincides with his word. It goes exactly, uh, it's going to exactly happen. And I think in when in glory, when we look at um, the future, when we're in the glorified state, I think sometimes there's going to be passages in the scripture that's going to make more sense to us. Like, oh yeah, like these things did happen. And we can see how the, the world events coincide with some of the prophecy of scripture so that God will usher in the fulfillment of all his promises. And we may not be able to discern those now, but I'm sure when, somewhere down the line, we will see God's power being demonstrated and we'll worship him and praise him more in, in our eternal state. But until then, and even for now, we need to understand that we don't need to go all the way then. In, in the future, we'll know all the details and how he does it. But for now, we can always trust that his word and everything that is revealed in his word will come to pass. Um, and that gives us hope. That gives us encouragement during a time like this when there, everything seems so uncertain. The one thing that we can be certain of is the power of our God. And that's what today's lesson is going to be on, the power of the final plague. On Friday, we're going to look at um, the point or the purpose of the, of, of the final plague. And uh, he explains it in the end of the chapter. And I think we know what this is, but there are greater theological implications about the Passover that I think it will allow us to appreciate Christ more because of it. I look forward to that study with you on Friday. Uh, take care and have a good day.